So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. I want to say that I'm, I'm humbled to be here. Hopefully, you all will walk away from here with some valuable nuggets, maybe some things that you can be able to start doing in your own lives. I just want to put a disclaimer here. I'm not going to get solutions. I'm going to talk through a lot of different concepts and things that to sort of challenge your thinking and how you're approaching finances at the moment. Well, this topic, just make sure you're all in the right room. We're talking about reducing risk and taxes in retirement. So it's not even just we're ready to retire, but it's from the very beginning when we start working. Uh, give you a little background. This is Theodore. This is my multi-poo. He is the reason why I'm in vet med, why I work with veterinarians. I love animals. Uh, it's been something my wife always tells me I have an obsessive behavior. I don't know if I should admit that or not, but she's like, you can't have more animals because all I'll do is just spend time with my animals. So uh, he's in his car seat and he was super excited for a puppuccino in this photo. So he's all about the puppuccino. Every person that's in here right now, probably you'd all agree with this to some degree. Finances is not your forte. That's probably why you're here. You're like, I'm good at veterinary medicine. I'm good at being a technician, but finances is not me. Uh, so what we want to do is make things easy for people to understand, make decisions, and feel very confident, have clarity about what they're doing. So what I'm going to talk about today, there's two different types of savings. Okay, The first savings is what we call the savings to spend, and then there's savings for your plan. And what I really want to put focus on is that we want to talk about what are we doing for savings for your plan. Now, let me give you a little context about what I mean by that. Savings for your plan is eventually at some point, we all are going to have the choice to not have to work forever. That's what we're ultimately after. They usually call it financial independence. Um, there's a combination of what they call financial security and financial independence. They actually mean different things. But then there's people that will save money. And let's just say they dump it in their bank account. And then 12 months later, they put it down for a house. They go buy a car. They go on vacations. That's savings to spend. And I want to purely talk about what are we doing savings for your plan and to have the choice to not have to work forever. The first place that most people think about where they save is retirement accounts. Why is that? Well, if I want to retire, well, I should probably put them in retirement accounts, right? Retirement accounts actually became a super big thing back in the 1970s through the Internal Revenue Act of the, the Tax Revenue Act of 1978 is when the 401k was introduced. It went from a transition of where people had the ability to rely on the company for a pension to what we call defined benefit plans to then the shift and now they say, hey, you have to contribute for your own retirement. That actually has not helped a lot of people. They've pretty much have failed financially because, well, one, people are not saving enough. And then two, most people think that's where I should save my money. And especially when I've talked to a lot of business owners as well, they maybe put some money in, in their retirement accounts and then they, a lot of their money is wrapped up with inside of their business. And like, that's just the two things that they have. And I'll walk a little bit more in detail about what are the things that we can be doing to create the separation and differentiation in our plan, okay? So where are you currently saving money? And let's define, there's three different categories the way we look at this. First one is what we call security money. It's like your uh-ohs. There is no real like line in the sand for this. I had to create some kind of thought process that I thought worked. I always suggest people keep at least three months in cash for their expenses. So three months of expenses. Why three months is if you have well-funded long-term disability insurance, Typically, it will kick in after about three months. Most policies do. 
If you're more a little bit more risk averse and you're like, well, I want six or 12, again, three should be the baseline. And it's really meant for like things happen and I need to make sure I have some money on hand. Okay. The other thing is what we call flex money. Flex money is the ability at some point, if I want to start a business, if I want to buy a house, I want to not have to worry about being unemployed for a moment. I have money that's accessible to me. The goal here is we should look at targeting at least one times our household income that we have in flex money. And it doesn't have to be sitting in cash. So today, I mean, interest rates are phenomenal. I mean, you can put it in, I think my Capital One account's at 4.15%. Like it's crazy what they're paying on accounts right now. And then the other thing is freedom money. What money is getting dedicated to your plan so you have the choice to not work forever? Again, coming back to the theme, like we don't wanna work forever. So how do we get to a part? Maybe you do want to keep working because you love what you do. I'll probably be 85 years old and still working because I just love what I do. But eventually you don't have to worry about finances. And there's one thing that I, I was reading lately is talking about like, what is rich? There's three types of rich that was defined in it. Uh, it's this exit planning book that I was reading and it was talking about riches. There's the well-to-do, the people that can go out there, eat dinner, kind of shift throughout their schedule and be able to do things out of the ordinary, what most people can't do. Then there's what they call the wealthy, where they have the opportunity to be able to do things and not really have to be involved at work or in a business to be able to provide for their lifestyle. And then there's another term they use called escape velocity. And those are like the unicorns. Those are like your Bill Gates. Those are your Warren Buffetts. Those are the people that like have so much money that they literally, when they go to sleep, they make more money. Like that's just what happens. So it's like over time, like as we're trying to get the freedom money, what does that mean to you? And planning. I'm gonna go through some ideas and some concepts here as we talk through this more. So the three different buckets that you can save into. First one is we call tax deferred. The most common things that fall in here are your retirement accounts. 401ks, SEPs, simples, IRAs. Then we've got taxable, business ownership, real estate, brokerage accounts. And then the other one we have here is tax advantaged, AKA tax-free, depending on the asset that you own. So 401k actually does come in the flavor where you can have a Roth on it. A lot of people look at me when they say this, they're like, what do you mean I can have a Roth? You mean a Roth IRA, right? No, I mean a Roth 401k. So you can actually have, if you work at a company or you own your own business, they can actually uh, uh, create that inside the plan. So you can contribute up to the 401k maximum on an after-tax basis. So there is the op option for that. There's government bonds, permanent life insurance, a lot of different options you have to do it. So let's talk about like, what do each one of these have from a characteristic? How does it work? Tax deferred. Most people love it because they're like, well, I get some kind of tax savings right now. It's only a tax savings if when you go to take it back out later, you're at a lower income tax bracket. That's when it's considered tax savings. But if everything stays the same and you put it in there and you take it back out at the same tax rate, there is no tax savings. Taxes go up. You actually did reverse tax planning and actually had to pay more. So when it comes to it, it's based off of the marginal tax rate system. So when you take money back out of these accounts, you pay it based off of what your income taxes at that time. And then, so like the goal is like, let's say I wanted to receive $100,000 of income, depending on when you withdraw, let's say you're in a 30% effective tax rate. So the difference between marginal and effective. So if you ever look at the IRS, the way they calculate your taxes, they will look at bands of income and then they multiply it by a percentage and then total it all up. And when you take that total and divide it by your gross income, it gives you your effective tax rate. So you might be in a 20, like a 35% tax bracket or a 27% tax bracket, but only pay 18% of your income in taxes. So if you look at your tax return from last year, 
take your taxes, divide it by your gross income, and you'll see what I mean by that. In this circumstance, if I was at 30%, I would need to pull $142,000 from my retirement account to get $100,000 after taxes. So like an example here, so I have a paycheck, I contribute $10,000 into it, I don't pay any taxes on when I put money into it, when I take money back out, so give you just an idea, if I take that $10,000 out, a lot of people will say, well, I have $10,000 in my retirement account, but realistically, $3,000 of that is owed to the IRS. So when you get your 401k statement and it shows you have a million dollars, it does not mean you have a million dollars, unless it's a Roth. If it's a Roth 401k, then yes. Traditional, no. So that 3,000 actually grows, so that 10,000 turns into a million, it's $300,000. It grows with it. So there's like a lien on your retirement account, okay? Other thing is we have taxable assets. Like, how does this work? When we contribute to these assets over the course of time, what happens is that our money has already been taxed. So you've already received it, it's maybe in your bank account. Uh, you put it into a business, you put it in a real estate, you put it in a brokerage account. And what happens is as you take money from it, and this one's a little bit more complex, and I'm gonna go through an example in a second, is that when you take the interest from whatever that asset produces, so like the business, Every time you get income from it, you pay income tax. Uh, you take interest from it, a stock or a dividend in that given year, you pay income tax on it. But if it grows and you sell it, and it's beyond a year, you pay capital gains. And that can make a huge difference between what you pay in taxes over the course of time. So for an example, let's say that all of the money that I had was 20% capital gains is what I was paying, not income tax. I can withdraw $125,000 and get 100 grand. I saved myself, what is that? About $17,000 in taxes. So an example here is if I take money, I invest in 100,000, as I earn dividends, let's say every year I earn 10% on that, this is just an example, it doesn't mean you can earn 10% every year, but hypothetically, let's say we could, 7,000 of that would be your money and $3,000 that would go to the IRS because you pay income tax on it if it's less than 12 months. And then beyond that, it's let's say your money grew to 200,000, you put $100,000 in there, it grew to 200. That means $100,000 of that would be taxed when you go to sell it. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. C.J. Burnett and Tom Seiko are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, and financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. C.J. Burnett's and Tom Seiko's California licenses are 0K79676 and 0K80141, respectively. Security products and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, LLC, a registered broker-dealer, investment advisor, member of FINRA and the SIPC, and a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Florida Veneer Advisors is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. This podcast is for information purpose only. Only guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Florida Veterinary Advisors, and opinions stated are their own. This material is intended for general use. By providing the content, Park Avenue Securities LLC and your financial representative are not undertaking to provide investment advice or make a recommendation for a specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. The individuals associated with Florida Veterinary Advisors do not maintain specialized licenses or qualifications for the financial services provided to veterinary professionals. Florida Veterinary Advisors is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. 2023159254 expires August 2025.